everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Stuff I Heard podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Peak, and <clears throat> today happens to be um, episode 284. This is going to be a solo podcast. Um, I'm actually recording this Saturday, the 30th of January, 2021, and I just kind of wanted to take a minute and say hello to everybody out there. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, we are kicking off the 2021 season the year or whatever you want to call it with, um, you know, a few new things going on. Um, we are actually planning a trip, um, sort of an impromptu trip, but it comes with a weird sort of, sort of circumstances. We wanted to go to Disney and had plans to go for December of this past year and with my eye injury and my wife losing her job, we had to cancel those plans. And of course, Disney was understanding, you know, they knew with everybody having their own set of things going on that, that stuff like this was going to happen. So they had no problem crediting us back. And, you know, we've been sort of sitting on this idea of kind of waiting. So we've been waiting. Um, my wife has been looking for a job. She's had a few interviews. Things weren't panning out. And finally, I told her, I said, let's just go. Let's just, let's just book something. I can't physically see yet. I can't have anything to do with my eye until a certain time period. So we're going to have a time period where I'm not working. You're not working. Let's just, let's go. Um, watch the Tim Tracker on the internet. He's got a show. uh, a YouTube show where he's basically him and his wife go to Disney on a regular basis and they go to Orlando uh, Universal Studios on a regular basis. And he's been saying, you know, the parks are not really busy. There's a lot of uh, rides that you can basically just walk on. Um, The parks are having to limit how many people are allowed in. So they're on a 35% capacity where if you book a trip, you have to schedule your day for whichever park you're going to be in. And that's all they're going to allow in. So, uh, for a lot of this, you know, for us, it felt like a good time to go. First of all, we're in February. So, well, it's February coming up. We're going to go in February. Um, kids are in school or they're virtual learning or whatever you want to call it. Most people don't take vacations in February because it's normally the cold time of the year. We're going during the middle of the week. So, you know, if there's any crowd that's going to be local, usually they're going to be on the weekends, right? We're kind of looking at an opportunity where we can go and and have a good time and it's going to cost us nothing. Now, let me explain. It doesn't cost us nothing, but it costs us in using a, we have a, a Chase Disney card and it's one of those points cards and it just works up points towards us taking a trip to Disney. And in the past we've worked up some points and been able to pay for, you know, different things along our trips. Like I think one year we went, we bought Christmas gifts for everybody based upon our points. Um, you know, we tend to pay for our meals based off the points. Well, it's been a couple of years since we went, we didn't go since 2018. So this entire trip is paid for with points. So it's no money out of pocket. We're going to stay in a value resort. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, we, we made the decision to go, booked our plans. And then a few days later, my wife got a call that she got a job offer for New Core Steel, which is 
fantastic. It's a great company to work for. I mean, everybody I know that's ever had anything to do with working out there has said that it's a fantastic company to work for. So good for her. I'm, I'm excited for it. It's a good change. Um, they offered her the job. They've done the, the medical screening. Uh, during the hiring process, she mentioned that she had a vacation planned and said, you know, do I need to cancel it or is it okay if I start when I come back? And they were going, oh, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, we can start start that Monday when you come back. So, yay, good positive things, right? So I'm, I'm so thankful for mo- so many things and I've been trying to stay positive during this entire situation. Um, but at every step, you know, it seems like we get something taken care of and then we have several more hurdles to go through. And so it's, it's been rough. Um, but now we're on a schedule to go on vacation for free. Um, when she gets back, she starts a new job with a good company, a company she can retire from easily. Um, I'm going to be scheduled for surgery in sometime in March, I'm not exactly sure when my next appointment is March the 4th. Uh, I went the other day and they took some stitches out of my eye from the original injury to my eye. Uh, I have, uh, three millimeters worth of stitches they had to remove. And I was really nervous about this. So let me tell you about this. I went this past Wednesday and I'd asked him on the previous appointment, what does it take to have the stitches removed? And he was saying, well, I'm going to numb your eye with some drops and then I basically take this needle and right away when he said needle, I'm thinking like <laughs> I felt sick to my stomach. He starts talking about, I'm going to take this needle and I'm going to, I was like, whoa, 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 slow down. <laughs> but he's like, no, I'm going to take this needle and basically I'm just going to lift it. It's got one side of the needle. It's kind of sharp. It's, I'm going to lift the the suture up and kind of tug at it a little bit with that needle and it'll break the needle. And then I take these real tiny tweezer like things and I'll pull it out. And I was like, that sounds awful. I mean, <laughs> I kept joking that, you know, I'm going to have this stunt double suddenly move in and I'll be like, Oh, look what's happening to his eye. Huh? How about that? But it's me. So like my big fear was he was going to be like, all right, hold still and look that way. You know? So here's what happened. <clears throat> I got the drops. It's like three or four sets of drops that numb the eye. And he has this thing that you put your chin on you rest your chin on it and then he can use this scope thing to move back and forth to see magnified, you know, versions of what's in your eye. And, um, I was doing that we were looking in the eye and then he's like, uh, he's like, okay, uh, look at my ear. So I looked at his ear and then he just kind of held my eyelid open and I could feel him tugging. And I heard, I could hear the sound of the, of the stitch being cut like I could hear it going thunk, 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 thunk. And I was like, is he doing it now? I was like, he's doing it now. Okay. And I was like, I'm, I don't have anything really to be afraid of because the numbing was part of it, but also the light he's having to see. So, so he's got this really bright light that's magnified into that eye. So I can't see anything but just light in that eye. And because it's numbed, I am concentrating on just keeping my, my eyes focused. I know if this eye stays looking at this, section and that eye stays looking at this section it'll hold still so i just i'm focusing on his ear big time and uh, my mind is going to other places i'm thinking about my vacation coming up and how i'm gonna ride on the millennium falcon on the smugglers run ride at at hollywood studios i'm like oh, i gotta 
I got to concentrate so that we can get on this ride because I don't want anything to happen to my eye. He's going to be, he's an expert. This guy's, you know, top of his field. I'm going to, let's just keep looking at that, eye, at that ear, dude. And he goes, okay, I'm done. I was like, what? He goes, you can blink. And I was like, that's it. He goes, that's it. I sat back and he's like, uh, all right, we're going to give you these drops and you put them in every, you know, three, you know, three or four, three or four times a day for the next three days. And then you're done with these drops. And I was like, okay, that's it. He's like, yeah. I was like, so, so, you know, so what's the next step? So the next step I go back on March the 4th and they're going to do this digital mapping of the eye. Um, they did that on this trip as well. Um, the digital mapping basically, it looks really fantastic on the chart. I wish I had a version of it. I could show you guys, but it's, uh, it's lasers that, you know, go this way and this way inside the eye and it, it not inside the eye, but it, it just images it, the thickness, the, the, the amount of curvature, all kinds of stuff. It looks really fascinating. The stitches were holding the, the wound closed to heal properly, but it also made the cornea, which is that normally that, that concave looking piece of clear stuff over the front, it made this side flat, okay? Um, that had to completely heal before you could take the stitches out. Now, once those are out, it causes that curved part to then move and reshape and to kind of form more like a dome. That will have an effect on the lens that they put in, which will affect my vision. It'll also affect a contact lens that I may have to wear over it. I'm probably going to have to wear over it. Um, he was saying that we're going to come back on the 4th, we're going to digitally map it again, and then we're going to schedule a surgery for the the lens to be put in. I don't know exactly the time frame, but he said, basically when we get to this step, everything's going to move pretty quickly. Um, which means that by March I should be back to normal with my vision and with my work. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to getting back to normal. Um, this has been such a, a difficult physical ordeal and mental ordeal to go through. Um, thankfully I work for a company that's been, understanding and has kind of worked with me on this. Um, the company that we use for our disability is a little tough to deal with. I don't exactly know why they're so difficult, but their communication is, is really not great. Um, <clears throat> but again, I'm at this point of it and I just need a little while longer till I, till I'm good. So hopefully everything will go through like it should with them. Um, I've already started the phone calls with, uh, Sedgwick and with my employer and with the doctor's office to make sure this gets all taken care of. And I should be back to normal before you know it. So looking forward to that. Um, now we are booking this trip and I have one good eye. Uh, so my wife's going to have to do most of the driving. Uh, I don't do well with being able to see out of this eye, especially with peripheral, I can drive around my town, but there's still parts of me driving in town that I get super nervous about because I can't see like merging into lanes. I can't see over my shoulder with this eye because I, I just can't see it. Um, it's extremely tough. Uh, my wife's going to have to do most of the driving, which is fine. Uh, once we get there, I may take over a little bit. We're, we'll just judge it. We'll judge it and see. So anyway, um, Let's talk about stuff I heard, okay? Because this is the Stuff I Heard podcast. Um, I watched some really good movies. I watched uh, two really good movies. Well, I watched one really good movie. Let's <laughs> See how I did there? It's like, this is good. No, this is one good one. Okay, so uh, King of Staten Island was the first movie that I saw with Pete Davidson, which is 
I guess loosely based upon him and his dad's real life story. His dad was a fireman during 9-11 uh, who died. And Pete, you know, got into drugs and alcohol and stuff like that as a sort of coping mechanism and then got into comedy. He's on Saturday Night Live, um, had a brief engagement to uh, Ariana Grande. I think that's her name. Yeah. Um, so there's this movie. And King of Staten Island is him as a supposed to be 20 something year old loser of a guy who lives with his mom, who's played by Marissa Torme. Uh, great job. Listen, she wins awards for a reason. She's a good actor. Um, <clears throat> Bill Burr plays the love interest of his mom. Like he enters the picture and, you know, it amazes me how good of an actor he is. I know what a good comedian he is and a good podcaster, but great actor too this is a good it's a good job of acting by him uh steve buscemi's in it steve buscemi is a fireman in real life i mean he's an actor but he was a fireman up until he started acting and even when he acts he takes time and does volunteer fireman work i mean i know during 9-11 they said that he went back and worked in new york as a fireman just because they needed help and he was like i can help i mean Good cast. Judd Apatow directed it. Uh, they list um, a young lady with the last name Apatow in it, which I'm assuming is his daughter. I'm guessing she plays the girlfriend of Pete in this show. The show's good. It's not great. It's good. For most of the show, you're just watching this train wreck of a dude mess up everybody's life around him and just continue to mess up his life. And it just, uh, it's hard to watch for a while until he starts to get it. And just like anything else in life, when your life is a mess, it's difficult to go through that alone. It's also difficult to be related to people going through that because you can't seem to help them. Like there's no amount of help that's going to help them until they want help until they want to change. And he does that in this, he does, you see the growth of the character, you see him change as the show goes on and it's not through his own actions, but more or less the things that happen around him force him to grow up. And it's not till he wants to, that it gets better. And it's sort of a lesson for life. I mean, I give, you know, it, if I'm grading movies or podcasts or TV shows or anything like that, you know, if this is a, based on a 10 star rating, I give King of Staten Island a six and a half. <laughs> on a one to 10 scale, I give it a six and a half. How about that? That's, <laughs> I have no, I have no reason to be able to give ratings to anything, but I'm just saying for me personally, six and a half. Uh, the acting in it is great. The direction is great. The story's okay. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's difficult for me to watch because of the train wreck of a person that he was is it hits a home a little hard. <laughs> and for those who know me, uh, you'll understand what I'm talking about. So anyway, um, the next movie I watched is a knock out of the park home run movie, Ford V Ferrari. This is Ford versus Ferrari. The big story of how Ford faced off against Ferrari in Le Mans, the 24 hour Le Mans in this, in the late sixties. Um, Ford came out with their Mustang as 
support sort of their, you know, we're going to be a cool hip car company for the, for the, you know, the, the children of the veterans who came home from world war II. We're going to appeal to that market. And there was a pitch done by Lee Iacocca, who's played by the guy, Johnny, I don't know his last name. Uh, the guy who played the Punisher. Um, you guys know his name. I don't know his name. <clears throat> I should have wrote it down, but I didn't. Hang on. Let me just look this up. On the Google. I'll actively Google on the podcast. Is that loud? You guys allow me to do that? Who played the Punisher in Netflix series? It is John Bernthal. B-E-R-N-T-H-A-L. J-O-N. John. So John is playing Lee Iacocca. B-E-R-N-T-H-A-L. I got to make sure to write that down. Um, he's playing Lee Iacocca, and he's supposed to come up with an idea for Ford because Henry the Ford second is running the company. He's a big, tall guy, um, but he's sort of clueless when it comes to how to make the company better. He's got a bureaucrat of suits that are sitting around, and they're not getting anywhere. They're getting beat by Chevrolet at the time. Um, they may have made the assembly line process to make more cars than anybody else. And during the war made more tanks and planes because of their assembly line system. But Chevrolet was making a better car and the consumers wanted a Chevrolet over a Ford. So Ford was trying to figure out, okay, how do we, how do we get a niche here? Cause we got to do something. And Henry the fourth, the second basically challenged his corporate guys and said, if you don't come up with me, you know, if you don't come up with an idea, this is on you. I need ideas. You're up, I hired you guys to be idea men, come up with an idea. So Lee Iacocca comes out and he says, okay, we need to get into racing. And he goes, yeah, we're into NASCAR. He goes, no, 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 not circle track. We need to get into international racing. And he starts showing images of top celebrities at the time. Sophia Loren, um, you know, I forget who all else he put up there. Um, but it was like international you know, movie stars and, and actresses. And he said, we, in order to compete, we have to be able to compete on an international level, which means we need to win an international race in something like Le Mans, 24 hour Le Mans. So he comes up with an idea to have a race team and come up with a race car and to have some kind of international acclaim for being a top race team. Well, at the time Ferrari was the best race team. They were always winning they always finished one, two, and three in Le Mans. Um, they had the best racers. The problem was Ferrari took forever to make a vehicle, so they were actually going broke at the time. They were in trouble of financial bankruptcy, and he figured that out. So he went to them to offer them money to buy their company. He came to them with a healthy offer, but little did he know, uh, his people were basically trying to figure out how to counter offer with another company so that they could keep everything in house as Ferrari, but just maybe have a different name on it and, you know, work out the profits a different way. They wanted to stay in racing and have their freedom to do what they want to with their racing team. And Ford didn't want that. Ford wanted their corporate takeover to have say in whether they could do this or do that. And Ferrari didn't want to sell to him for that reason, but he did sell to Enzo we now know that company is Enzo Ferrari. Uh, Fiat is part of that process. Fiat, I think, owns Enzo. And so it's like a, a 
a joint merger deal that basically kicked Ferrari to the curb. And in the process, he sort of insulted Henry Ford II, sort of insulted the guy who was the head of Ferrari at the time. And he said a lot of nasty things about him. Uh, Go tell your boss, you know, this and this and this, and it's all in Italian. So when he comes back, he, he's, he's like, I, I don't want to repeat what he said. And he goes, come on, tell me. And he, he tells him, but then he makes up a few things at the end to sort of give it a little more sting. Cause he knew if he edged on, you know, Henry the Ford II just a little bit that he would be like, you know what, we're going to throw money at this and we're going to beat these guys. And that's what happened. Um, they went out and they hired Carol Shelby to make a race team. Carol Shelby, it starts off, Matt Damon's playing Carol Shelby and he's a 24 hour Le Mans driver from America, the top driver at the time who has an, has an accident and in that accident has a concussion and can't drive anymore. He can't race anymore. And he knows those days are behind him. So he's into making hot rods out of the vehicles that he has and sort of, you know, trading his name as a, I'm the hot rod guy. You come to me, I'll build you a hot rod. And it shows him in his shop, you know, trying to sell the same vehicle to five different people because he's like, I'll just make more. I mean, whatever. This is the vehicle. We got one completed right here. So <laughs> so he's promising the same vehicle to like five different people. And he's just, he's trying to get some money rolling in so he can build more cars. And and Lee Iacocca walks up to him and says, hey, I want to hire you to build race cars and to win Le Mans. Well, the problem is he wants a race car driver who's going to win because he knows what it takes. And at the time, the driver that he wanted was this guy named Ken Miles. And Ken Miles was rough around the edges. Ken Miles was a lifetime racer who had natural instincts but had a knack for pissing off anybody. <laughs> and if you had an opinion that was different than his, he would he would go extra efforts to make you even more mad at him because he felt that strongly about his opinion and about his ability. And... He wasn't wrong. Ken Miles in this movie is played by Christian Bale. Now, if anybody knows anything about Christian Bale, he goes into his roles and like really studies this person and sort of lives at that as that person for a long time. When he does these boxing movies like The Fighter, he he actually became a boxer to learn how to box properly because he didn't want to look like a fool on the screen. He learned how to box. He became a boxer no matter what the role is, like he's one of those method actors, he's going to embody that person. So I imagine that in this role, he had to actually go out and learn to be a, a, a real driver, a competitive driver to know exactly how to look, how to, how to drive, how to understand what the car does when you do different things to this side or that side or elevation or wind or lift or thrust or anything. I mean, it, I am, I only imagine that he, studied for this role way longer than anybody else. And it shows this movie is fire. This movie is awesome. This movie. I can't say enough about this movie. It's really fantastic. Plus it's based on real people. So they have to get it right. They can't just go off, you know, liberties and and make up stuff. They actually went by what really happened and it's impressive. It's really impressive. I highly recommend watching Ford v. Ferrari. Great movie. It's on HBO Max right now. You could probably watch it however you get it. Um, great movie. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. So, uh, Josh Treadaway and I have been doing podcasts and talking about 
WandaVision, especially last week. We talked about it a good bit. If you're missing that, go back and listen to last week's episode. I was not impressed with the first three episodes. Episode four came out yesterday, and I would like to officially say that I was wrong. Episode four redeems everything wrong with the first three episodes. Episode four explains everything having to do with the first three episodes. To me, these four episodes should have came out on the same date. Because you don't know what's going on. Nothing makes sense until you watch episode four. If you're watching this show and you're like, this is stupid. Trust me, I felt the same way. Watch it all the way to episode four and then go, oh, oh, okay. Okay, I see what's going on. All right, that's cool. They bring back characters from the Avengers universe. They bring back a lot of people that you wouldn't expect. And suddenly you're in this more in-depth world of what's going on. They explain a lot of the little subtle things that Treadaway and I talked about were big question marks. It's really interesting. Plus, you get to see some of the behind-the-scenes stuff from Wanda. Like, there's a moment where you see her explain a few steps that we don't get to see in the first three episodes because she's edited what you see it's, it's, it's fascinating. It is. I should have, I should have, uh, given Marvel and Disney some credit and, and realized that they would have made it worthwhile. Otherwise, why would they have spent so much money? But I was doubtful for the first three episodes. I was really doubtful, but episode four home run grand slam episode. So, if you're watching WandaVision or if you're curious curious up to now about watching WandaVision, watch it one through four. And then whatever's after this, I don't care. Um, I'm sure whatever's after this is going to be infinitely better. Um, yeah, so. All right, switching gears just a little bit, or a lot, I should say. Netflix has a show called Bonding, B-O-N-D-I-N-G. I watched this out of curiosity when it came out the first season. This is season two. I watched this out of curiosity when it came out because of listening to a podcast with Burt Kreischer. Now, Burt has talked about his time on television. And at one time he had a show called Hurt Burt. It was basically Dirty Jobs meets Jackass. Um, He was in his early 20s. He was trying to be a TV personality. And they had signed him up to do all sorts of dangerous jobs. He had one job as a rodeo clown where he had a bull, you know, trample his ankle and break it uh, and crack a rib. Um, He had a job as a a wildlife photographer uh, for sharks and and got put in a shark cage. Uh, They chummed the water and scared the crap out of him. He had to tame lions. Um, He's had all these crazy jobs. I think one of them he was, he was, taming a bear or in, in the cage with a live bear. He has a, has a comedy sketch now called marshmallow. And if you Google Burt Kreischer marshmallow, you'll see the sketch I'm talking about. Funny story. Um, but one of those days he was a dominatrix gimp. So he had to go to a dungeon run by this lady named mistress Isabella and Mistress Isabella uh, basically gave him options of things they were going to do to torture him. He was basically going to be tortured for, not for sex, but it's, it's, the idea is that Mistress Isabella does things to you and it's, it's not about sex, it's more about power. 
It's more about control and the lack of control or the, or the trusting of control or the giving up of control. And that was sort of what got the interest up in the story bonding. Now, from my understanding, she has something to do with this show. I'm not exactly sure what, but he's done a podcast with her since. Um, I don't know exactly the episode. You can probably Google it and find it. Um, and she's been on Dr. Drew and she's, you know, she's done other podcasts since, but she was talking about this show. And so I watched it and season one, the episodes are only like 15 minutes long. That's with credits and everything. So that's, it's like 12 minutes to watch an, an episode. Um, it's about this graduate college student who's going to school to be some kind of psychotherapist. And she takes a class who's taught by a dominatrix. And in the process, she's curious and she tries a few of the things out with the costuming and, and goes to one of the ladies lectures and she understands a little bit about what it takes. And so she starts to do it on the side as kind of a, Hey, I wonder if I could do this so that I could help pay off my costs from my student loans. Uh, I really need to go to graduate school. And the woman takes her under her, under her wing, I guess you'd say, and has her work at her dungeon doing a few things. And she's teaching her as she's doing it, but she sort of branches off and does her own thing with her best friend. Now, it's supposed to be sort of a comedy drama mixture. Um, There's a lot of information that come at you really fast. There's a lot of relationship stuff that's difficult for most people to swallow. Um, But it's fun. It's educational and it's fun. And it's enough information that it sort of leads you to, if you're curious about any of this stuff, to look up more information. Uh, Season two came out. Season two is even better than season one. There's a lot more of this character growing as a character, as an individual. Um, There's more about who the people are and how they're somehow linked to each other in a way. There's some good decisions and some bad decisions, much like real life. But if anything else, it should at least be fun enough to watch to then have a conversation with your significant other about, Hey, have you ever been interested in something like this? Or was there something that you would like to do that I'm not doing? Or would you like to take a class together? Or would you like to try to tie each other up or use blindfolds or whatever? You know, this, a lot of people get into habits or ruts in their life and they don't think about what they could do differently to make the other person that they're with happy. And they're like, what if I'm not doing this thing that you want me to do? And it could be as simple as, you know, just hugging. Like a long hug. Some people just want to be hugged. Could be tickling. Some people like to be tickled. Whatever. It doesn't have to be super complex. It doesn't have to be, you know, extreme. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. But it sort of opens that dialogue. And so I think the show's good. I think they should should do more of them. Um, I am enjoying it. I hope more people watch it so that they can continue making them. Uh, the characters are very interesting. Their pathways are very interesting. And I just wish the, sh- the episodes were longer. So it's worth a watch. So, all right. That's my take on it. I'm done with this episode, I do believe. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up. This was a solo because I don't have the ability to do this while I'm away. So I hope everybody's having a great day. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I hope you're enjoying your day. I hope things are going your way. We have the Super Bowl coming up, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. So I don't know. I may do a Super Bowl podcast. We'll see. We'll see.
I might just wait and do a recap with, with Treadaway on that following Monday. I just saw my hair in the in the mirror. Why didn't anybody tell me my hair looks like this? I took a shower, but it's just, ah, oh, it's crazy. Oh, well, whatever. Hope everybody's doing well. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, leaving me ratings and reviews. If you haven't, please make sure you do. That does help the podcast. Every little bit helps. Um, just a simple click on the like button or a, uh, a rating or sharing with other people. Um, everything is a conversation. Everything can be a conversation. It's just getting the ball started. So whatever you're interested in talking about, if you want to talk to me, let's let's sit down and talk or let's do a podcast and talk about it. I'm open. I don't mind. Um, I realize that I am comfortable getting outside my comfort zone in a way that a lot of people aren't. So, yeah, let's do that. Okay. Hope everybody's doing well. And thanks for listening. And as always, cue the cow. Uh-huh.